we're going to go ahead and begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll see what the Lord has for us this evening. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you. Lord, we pray that everything said and done would glorify your holy name. Lord, we pray that you would be with our singing this evening. We pray that you'd be with our uh, Lord, the specialists, and Lord, also uh, with the message tonight. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, if there's one that's uh, here tonight or on, under the sound of my voice, Lord, uh, that's not saved, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Thank you for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's turn to page 157. Page number 157. Grace greater than our sin. Page number 157. Aren't you thankful for God's grace tonight? All right, what page was it? 24. 24, page number 24. His name is Wonderful.
Amen. Good singing tonight. Well, we're blessed to have Ethan and uh, Peyton and uh, the other guy uh, and Luke with us tonight. So would you guys come and play a couple songs for us? song for Jesus. So, all right. He said, he texted me, he says, is it all right if we play uh, a song or two? I think I've got the message. I said a song. Oh, a song? Maybe I read into it a little bit. So, now anyway, I love giving Luke a hard time. He gets red cheeks right here. And, uh, but anyways, I, I love giving him a hard time. I appreciate it, fellas. I always enjoy hearing them play. And uh, I like that song. I remember uh, uh, brother, brother Danny, Miss Melinda, you'll remember Brother John Goodman. He, told, uh, he started telling a sad story one day to uh, Tracy one day and was telling her about this, this whole story. But he was reading, actually what he was doing was reciting the words to the old Lighthouse song. And she was all uh, enthronged with his story. And uh, then he started singing, and, and she slapped him. But anyways, I, that's, every time I hear that song, that's what I remember. 
and uh, but uh, I'm, I'm thankful for the old White House and uh, uh, thankful for uh, the Lord, what he does in our lives and in our hearts. I hope and pray that you've had a blessed day today. You've been encouraged and helped. I know I, I have. And uh, tonight, if you don't mind, allow me to be a pastor to our youth and to the young people um, and to you as well. But um, my daughter has a friend, uh, one of her friends, Eli. Uh, he had a tumor on his spine and he needed a critical surgery. Um, and um, he was went through that a couple months ago, done well. He's doing well now, and we praise the Lord for it. Um, but before he had the surgery, he, he gave his faith and some of his friends a bracelet that said, God's got this. Now, that's not usually the way I talk, but I've titled the message tonight, God's got this. God's got this. And, and uh, now... Faith has another friend, which we've all been praying for for some time, Holly, and she's uh, last year she undergo she underwent a, a brain surgery, and uh, she came out of it uh, great, do, doing well. However, that uh, they were unable to get all of the uh, the tumor out, and so this time they're going to have to go back in and uh, dig a little bit further, get all the roots and everything. Uh, and they said that the, it was probably going to. Uh, most likely going to affect her speech. Um, uh, so uh, tonight, um, I, I kind of wanted to preach a uh, 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 message tonight that God's got this. And try to encourage her, and try to encourage our youth, try to encourage you by way as well, um, by just thinking and remembering that God's got this. No matter what we go through in life, God's got it. I mean, God's in control. I mean, he doesn't need our help. Um, God's got this. And um, so tonight, I believe that Faith and, and Holly are listening in. And I want to say that we love you. Holly, we've been praying for you. Our church has been praying for you. And uh, we will continue to pray for you. And I wanted to let you know also, more importantly, that God's got this. So uh, I just wanted to encourage you tonight. And uh, uh, can I just say that... Only God can do that which we think is impossible. I mean, we think when we, when we go against the odds, we go against things that uh, are overwhelming. Uh, I'm reminded all the time that God is in control and that uh, he's the only one that uh, has the power, that has the knowledge, that, knows, that has the know-how to be able to get us through. The psalmist said this. Listen to what he says in Psalm 72, verse 18. Blessed be the Lord God and the God of Israel, who only doeth wonderful or wondrous things. Mark 10, 27 says, And Jesus, looking unto, upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, not with God, for with God all things are possible. In other words, only God can do the impossible. Only God can do wondrous things, things that, uh, that just fathom our minds. Only God can do those saints. For the rest of the message, we're going to be in Psalm 78, and then we're going to be in Psalm 37. Uh, really feel led to preach this message tonight. This Psalm, Psalm 78, serves as a reminder to Christians, uh, or to the children of Israel, and uh, to us Christians, that we can trust God no matter what we face in life. No matter what we go through, whether it's a, a, a financial hardship, whether it's a, a physical uh, condition, a spiritual case, um, uh, God's got this. God's in control, and he can see us through. The children of Israel witnessed the Lord do some mighty works in their lives. I mean, it refers back, this psalm is referring back, uh, they witnessed God deliver them out of bondage from the Egyptians. They saw the Lord protect them from the Egyptians uh, when they were surrounded by uh, the Egyptians and the Red Sea. They saw the Lord provide for them in the wilderness with food and water and uh, as they needed it. They saw God faithful time and time again. And only God can do that which is impossible. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In the text, the children of Israel, uh, they begin to question God. They say this in our text, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? 
The sin of, of which the children of Israel were guilty of on this occasion was not of covetousness. It wasn't that of discontentment. But their sin was thinking that God could not or would not provide for them. That God could not or would not provide for them. You see, God is never lacking. God can always provide for our, our needs. God will always provide for our needs. You know, the children of Israel are no different than we were. We are today. Uh, they, they forgot. The Bible says in, in Deuteronomy that they forgot his works. They forgot his works. They forgot those things that God had done. And they had to be reminded many times of what God has done for them in their lives. And I have to say this, that I have to be reminded. Time to time, from time to time, we all have to be reminded that God has got this, that God is in control, and that God can furnish a, till, a table in the wilderness. The children are, uh, of Israel are no different than us. We have all witnessed God working in our lives. We've all seen him do things. That, we've all seen him provide, do miracles in our lives. We've all see God, seen God provide uh, uh, food for us and, and uh, for finances and all the different things that God does. He, we've all seen it. We've all witnessed it time and time again. Sometimes we take it for granted because we see it so often how God has blessed us. Can I just tell you, every check that you get is a blessing from the Lord. I mean, especially in the times that we're living right now. I mean, everything, everything that, that we receive, every gift is a good gift from God. God can furnish a table in the wilderness. Yet, after we see all these things that God has done for us, we still doubt God. Listen, it is, it is, it is only God that can do that which is impossible, that we think is impossible. If it is his will, nothing can change what God is going to do. Oh, we believe that he can save us. God can save us. We believe that with all our hearts. We trust him to do that. But do we trust him uh, enough to know that he knows what's best for our lives? Sometimes that's going through, and I'm just going to put it out there, sometimes that's going through a surgery. Sometimes that's going through a hardship. Sometimes that's going through things that, that really isn't comfortable for us. But God knows what's best for us. You say, can you explain that? No, I can't. I really, I can't. I, I'm sorry, I, can't, I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this. I know that God knows what's best for us. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 9, it says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, we have a limited understanding. We don't know what's on the corner, around the corner. We don't know what's around the bend. We don't know what's on tomorrow. But we have a God that does know. The Bible, or the, the Bible teaches is that He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. That He's uh, 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 omnipresent. That He's omnisapiens. And and what that literally means is that He's all knowing, all powerful, ever present, and He has all wisdom. That's what that means. That's our big $100 words for, that, for those meanings. We know that uh, what he is doing, uh, um, we may not know what he's doing and we may not know the outcome, but we know that he knows what he's doing. We, we can trust that. And I want to encourage you that he's still on the throne. There's not a vacancy there that God is still on the throne. He's still in control. He still knows what he's doing. He's still God. He's still good, and he's still going forward. And I want to preach on this thought, God's got this. And I think there has been some times in each of our lives in which we've doubted God. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I've doubted God. But I want to encourage you, maybe you don't need this message right now, but tuck it in your back pocket somewhere. And when you're going through something, just remember that God, He's got this. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help tonight. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank You once again for Your love, Your mercy, and Your grace. Lord, I thank You for being a faithful God, knowing that we can uh, come to You. Lord, trust You in all things. Lord, knowing that you know what's best 
for our lives. And Lord, I pray tonight, even as we get into the message, I'm praying for Holly, Lord, that you would be with the doctors, be with the surgeons there, be with their family. Lord, I pray that you would comfort, give them all peace during this time. Lord, I do thank you for all that you're going to do. We put it all in your hands, trusting you know what's best. We love you and thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you just four or five thoughts this evening, and we'll have the message here in Psalm 78. Let's begin in verse 9. The Bible says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders and they, uh, that he had showed them. God had showed them all these things, all these things. Uh, what's he referring back to? He's, and we'll get into that in just a moment right here. But then it goes on and says, um, Marvelous things did he, did he in the sight of their fathers and in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the seas and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. He's talking about the day when he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt here. And then it goes on to say, He brought streams also out of the rock and caused water to run down like rivers. What's he talking about here? He's talking about when Moses stretched forth his, his rod and waters came forth, so they had water to drink. He's, he's reminding them of these things, what God has done for them. He says, Yea, they spake against God. They spake against God. Uh, they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? And I say tonight that absolutely God's got this. God can, and only God can. No matter what, uh, you know, a lot of times we want to look to our bosses for our financial stability, but it's God. It's God that has this. And I'm going to give you four or five thoughts. And number one, only God can give protection. Look there in verse 13 of our text. It says, He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and He made the waters stand as a heap. In the daytime also He led them with a cloud, and now all the night with the light of fire. The children of Israel was in captivity to the Egyptians. Moses, God's leader, was chosen to deliver them out of bondage. If we recall, Moses at first said, Who am I? Even Moses forgot that God had this. And, and he, he asks, who am I? And then he proceeds to tell God that he's not eloquent in speech. He starts giving his resume, and nobody would want that on there. Well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do that. That's not a good resume. But here God is saying, hey, don't worry about it. I've got this. Now you, let me allow my terms for, uh, that's what I would do if I was teaching teens or something like that. I'd, I'd try to uh, make it a little bit more captive for them and, and interesting for them. So I, I'm going to say that God's got this. That's what Moses was, uh, God was reminding him. He's saying, I've got this. Don't worry about it. I've got this under control. So we all know the story about the ten plagues happening, and Pharaoh finally lets uh, the people go, but Pharaoh re regretted his decision. And he says, you know what? That was stupid. I'm going to go after I'm going to go after these, uh, the children of Israel once again, and I'm going to return them back to be slaves once again under my rule. And so uh, the Israelites, they leave, and God led them by a cloud and by a pillar of fire by night. The Israelites uh, hear that the Egyptians were coming after them, and the Red Sea is in front of them, and they were surrounded. They faced some sca a very scary dilemma. Uh, they don't know what to do. You ever been there? Ever faced with uh, a situation you just don't know what to do? I mean, there's a, you're between a rock and a hard spot, as the old saying says, rock and a hard place. You don't know what to do. You're in a, a situation you don't know where to turn. But you notice that God's got this. God's got this under control. Just when they thought that all was lost, God told Moses to stretch forth his rod over the Red Sea, and the Israelites crossed over on dry land. Now, I love that part. I love the part where it says they crossed over on dry land. I believe it was so dry that dust was flying up. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been uh, by a lake or something where something is wet, 
Uh, you know there's muck and mire there. You stick your foot in. I remember when I was a little boy, my grandpa would take me fishing, uh, um, and, and we go to this pond, and uh, I remember sticking my foot, you know, walking around the pond, and, and you get real close to the pond, and you stick your foot in, and you come out, and your foot comes out, but your boot's stuck in. Anybody else ever done that? Sometimes you walk in a field uh, and a, uh, a cow pasture or something like that, and you've done that on a muddy day. And that's what happens. And I believe, listen to me, if, if anybody else would have been in that situation, I believe their, their foot probably would have sunk to the bottom. They would have been so, uh, sunk into the bottom of, the, of the, the sea there. But I can tell you this, that God says that they walked over on dry land. Now that was one of the great, that's one great miracle. That was one awesome miracle that they crossed over. All of them crossed over. And just when they crossed over, here comes the Egyptians. They're thinking, well, if they did it, we can do it too, right? I mean, they just followed right after. And guess what? The Bible says that they all drowned. Now, I've heard many documentaries. You've heard me talk about this before. I've read uh, some, I've, I've watched on Discovery Channel, and you've got to be careful of those things you watch on that. But I remember one time they said that were they, during that time of the year when the water was, uh, came in, it's only two foot of water, so they were able to cross over. And I say, what a great miracle that all those Egyptians drowned, God drowned them in two foot of water. I mean, that even proves a greater miracle. I don't care how deep it was, God still did it. God's got this. The things that we think there's impossible, we have, we, we're thinking there's no way, I don't understand how God's going to do this. Can I tell you, God's going to give us protection. You say, well, what if he takes our life? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. God's got this. I can tell you this, this much, folks. If something happens to me, I don't want people crying and fretting over me. I want people to rejoice because I'm in heaven. I'm with the Lord. He's my protection. He's my protection. Just when they got over, the Egyptians came over and they all drowned. Only God can give protection. Then number two, only God can provide. Look there in verse 20. So behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he get bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Look there in verse 24. It says, And he had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corns of heaven. Man did eat angels' food he sent them uh, meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, uh, um, uh, and the, by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitations. They didn't have to go hunting for the food. Isn't that how good God is? God can all, only God can provide that way. My buddy Gary, he went out to, I believe it was Colorado this last week, and he went on a big elk hunt, and he shot him a big, massive elk. I mean, it's a huge thing. I, and, and, uh, but he had to go hunting for that. He had to go hunting for that. Now, that's not what was happening here for the Israelites. God sent it within their camp, within their habitations. Only God can provide like that. The Bible says in verse 20, Behold, he smote the rock and the waters gushed out. Only God can provide water out from a rock. Now, you've heard me see it. I, I, I've even done an illustration up here before. I've taken a rod and I've smote a rock and I've hit it and I've hit it and I've hit it. And I, never time I've hit a rock, not one time has water ever gushed out. Not one time. Only God can do that, folks. Only God can do that. Only God can provide for our needs. Only He can supply light to, buy tra uh, to travel by night. Only He can supply water in the wilderness to drink. Only He can supply manna in the middle of nowhere to eat. Only He can supply shoes on their feet that would never wear out. 
Now, my girls, they have to buy shoes. I don't know if they actually wear out or if they just like more shoes. It's probably the latter, but uh, I have to buy them shoes all the time. And I know you that have boys, they always are running through shoes. I mean, they're always running through shoes. They have to buy new shoes all the time because they're wearing them out. How about this? For how many years was it? In the, for, was it 40, 40 years in the wilderness? And their shoes never wore out? I know Brother Tim, he's a frugal. I tease him about being frugal. Tightwad Tim is what I call him. But he's frugal. Now that would be great for Brother Tim because he would think 40 years without having to buy another pair of shoes. Amen and praise the Lord, you know. But think about that. That's how God provides. Only God could do that. Only God could do that. Notice the problem the Israelites had there. They questioned God's timing. Look there in verse 18. It says, They tempted God in their hearts by asking meat for their lust. They were asking uh, according to their own lust, not according to their need, but according to their lust. I will say this. In my life, I'm a very impatient person. If I had it my way, everything would be like fast food. I mean, instant potatoes. no. I don't like instant potatoes. But instant and immediate, uh, immediate popcorn, microwave popcorn, and let's go instant oats instead. Instant oats. I mean, I want them just as fast. I, I get upset when I wait for a hamburger. Now, you can ask my girls this. If I wait for a cheeseburger at McDonald's more than two minutes, you know what I begin saying? Man, this would be a great place to start a fast food restaurant. That's what I say all the time. I mean, only be, and then I get mad if it takes longer than that, and they and this, they're making a fresh one for me because uh, I I get mad because of that. And then if it comes out fast and it's already pre-made, it's been there for a while and it's stale, then I get mad about that. Can't win with me, I guess. I don't know. But they begin questioning God's timing. Uh, a lot of times, my girls they'll say this. Hurry up, dad's in go mode. That means dad's not, dad's being very impatient today. Hurry up and get things done. But God's timing is always the best timing. We want to get the cart before the horse many times. But if we would just realize that God knows what he's doing and that he will provide for us when we need it, if we just trust him, the Bible says this in Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. God can provide for your physical needs. He can provide for your spiritual needs. He can provide for your emotional needs. He can provide for your financial needs. We just need to wait on the Lord and trust him. You may have thought at times... That God has forgotten about you. But can I tell you this? Can I reassure you something tonight? God has not forgotten about you. But what he's done, he wants us to learn to lean and trust on him and wait for him. The Bible says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not only did the children of Israel question God's timing, they questioned God's thinking. The Bible says there in verse 18, And they tempted God in their hearts by asking meat for their lust. They were questioning if God knew what he was doing. God, do you really know what you're doing? You're taking us out of a country where we, we have food provided for us. We, we've got a, a shelter overhead. We've got everything we need. It may not be the best, but we got what we need. You know what God wants? He wants something better for us. He had a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey for us. But no, we want to wait in the background. We want to wait for God's... Not, wait for God's... Let me say it this way. We want to wait for... We don't want to wait for what's God's best. We want to just go ahead and just take what is good or okay. But God's got something better for us. We need to learn to wait. Don't question his thinking. God knows a lot better than what we know. They had rather depend on, now think about this, they had rather depend on man than on the master. 
the master of man. Why do you think, why do you take, they were thinking, why do you take us out of Egypt? Anytime we question what God is doing, we question his wisdom. When we question what the Lord is doing, we are saying, God, listen to me. I know what's best for my life. Let me tell you how to do this. Can I just share with you that God doesn't need our advice, our opinions, our thanks, uh, our thinking. He doesn't need none of that. He's got this. Then they questioned God's table. Look there at verse 19 and 20. It says, Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can I remind you that it was Him that created all this in six days, created the world in six days. He is an all-powerful God. Who, uh, who are we to question His power, His might? Remember, God has got this, and only God can do that which we think is impossible. He can do all things. Now unto him that, it, uh, uh, that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I believe that only God can pr protect us. I believe that only God can provide for us. And then, thirdly, I believe that only God can give us peace. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're going to face. We need peace. You know what this world is looking for today? What they need, I don't know if that's really what they're looking for, but what they need is peace. Peace in their hearts with God. The Bible says the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Second Thessalonians 3.16, Now the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always by all means the Lord be with you all. What the world is searching or what the world needs is peace in their souls. Only God can satisfy that hunger in their souls. For he satisfies a longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So pastor, how do I get this peace, this comfort, this how do I get this that you're talking about? How do I get this assurance? Well, Psalm 37 gives us the formula. It's written out for us. If you want to turn there, Psalm 37, verse 1. I want to read here. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord with, and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth his righteousness as a light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. David is saying, for the message's sake... God's got this. And here's a formula. Number one, fret not. Don't worry about it. God has got this under control. You put your situation in there. God's got this under control. You can't change the outcome anyway. The Bible says there in Matthew that we can't add a cubit to our, statue, our stature. Uh, what he's saying there is no matter how much you worry and fret over things, you can't change what's going to happen. You can't change it. The Bible says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God can give peace and satisfaction during a difficult time. I love the part there in verse 7 of Psalm, uh, uh, Philippians 4. It says, And the peace of God was past us all understanding. That means you can't ex explain it and you can't understand it. You just know that you got it. I talked to Holly today. I told her, I said, hey, we're praying for you. And uh, she had a big smile on her face. Seemed like it didn't even bother her, all what's going on. I could see the peace that she had knowing that God's got this. I told her, I said, hey, I'm praying for you. Remember this, God's got this. 
and she has peace. Now, I know that she could not explain it. She's getting ready to go through a scary surgery. She can't explain it, but she's got peace. She told Faith, I've got, I've got peace. I've got peace. That's awesome, isn't it? And then number two, trust in the Lord. Remember, He's the one in control. You must trust Him. We trust Him to save us, right? We must trust Him to, that He's in control and that He's the one that's going to keep us. You may not understand everything that's going on around you, but you can trust Him. You can trust Him. Trust Him in all things. Realize that He will not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's God, He's good, and He's still going forward. Only God can get you through. Trust Him. And then number three, delight thyself also in the Lord. Delight thyself in the Lord. You know, I know some people when they go through trials and troubles, they turn their back on the Lord. But I want to encourage you, when you're going through hardships, you're going through things that you just don't know how, which the best thing for you to do is delight yourself in the Lord. Get as close to Him as you can. Realize that God is, God is good. Delight means to have or to take great pleasure in, to be greatly pleased or to rejoice in. True and lasting happiness only comes from Him. We can be delighted in Him knowing that He is the source of our joy, our peace, and our contentment. Then number four, commit thy ways unto the Lord. Just go ahead and trust Him to direct us. Remember, He's got this, I'm going to follow His path. I may not understand it. It may go through briars sometimes. It's not always. Can I just share with you, God's path is not always paved out for us. It's not always easy sailing. Sometimes it's going through briar patches. Sometimes it's going through the woods. Sometimes it's going through the valley. Sometimes it's going on the mountains. But can I tell you, God's way is always the best way. God's way is always the best way. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Number five, rest in the Lord. Rest in him. This means to quietly submit to the Lord's will. Lord, I realize you got this. I'm just going to... You know what peace that gives you? Just to say, God's got this. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, the weights that, that comes off your chest when you just say, God's, I'm just going to rest in Him. The Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God wants to give you rest this evening. We need to be like the Lord in the garden. He said, Not my will be done, but thine be done. Lord, I want your will to be done in my life. I rest in you. Then the last thing, we need to wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. Wait on His timing. Now this is probably the hardest one for me. Everybody knows, I've said it, I, this is uh, probably my besetting sin. Uh, everybody knows about it. I'm impatient. But God's timing is always the best timing. God always knows when and where and how we need it. Sometimes we just need to be patient. Only in His timing will we take care. Will, will He take care of all things? If we want, if we want peace and satisfy, satisfaction that only comes from God, then we need to fret not. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to delight ourselves in the Lord. We need to commit our ways to the Lord. We need to rest in the Lord. And we need to wait on the Lord. And when we are doing these things, God will give us peace that passes all understanding, will satisfy our souls, even during the most difficult times. Only God can protect us no matter what comes our way. Only God can provide for us no matter what we need. And only God... Only God can give us peace no matter how difficult the circumstances. Only God. But what it all boils down to this is are we going to trust Him? 
Are we going to trust Him? I'm going to read a sad verse and we'll conclude. We'll close the, ver- the, the sermon. But there in Psalm 78 of our text, verse 21, it says, Therefore the Lord heard this. Let me read uh, verse 20 first. Psalm 78, verse 20. It says, Behold, he smote the rock, that the water gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Notice this. Therefore the Lord heard this, and was wroth. So the fire was kindled against Jacob, and and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God. And trusted not in the salvation. I'm going to leave you with this thought tonight. Let us remember that God's got this. No matter what we face. No matter what the hardship is. God's got this. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Liz is going to begin playing here in just a moment. I don't know exactly what everybody in this room is going through tonight, but I know that there's, every one of us have needs. Every one of us has somebody in our lives that needs prayer. Whether it's for salvation, the most important need is salvation. Whether it's a physical need, whether it's a uh, financial need we had we have people come by all the time that are needing financial help but all of us are affected all of us have needs can I just tell you can I just remind you tonight that God's got this would you but the, here's what it all hinges on are we going to trust him we're going to trust his timing. We're going to trust his uh, trust that he knows what's best for us. We're going to trust him. I encourage you to find a place at the altar tonight. Whatever your need is, lay at the altar. Lay it at the altar and give it to him. Say, God, I'm going to trust you with this spiritual burden that I'm having, this financial burden, this physical burden, this emotional burden, whatever the need is tonight. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to be patient to wait on you to answer. I'm going to trust you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, I know that there are needs across this room. I no doubt believe that there are people on all of our hearts. I've got many people that I'm praying for for salvation. Lord, and I know that you're not willing that any should perish, that you're long-suffering to us work, not willing that any should perish, that, that all should come to repentance. And Lord, as I do my part by telling them about you and witnessing to them, I'm just trusting you, Lord, that you would just convict their hearts and ultimately they would be saved. Lord, that many of us have brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and cousins that are in physical, have some physical needs. Lord, we know that you granted, uh, uh, you touched the, the, the blind man. We know that you, uh, you healed the, the woman with the issue of blood. We know that you've done some great miracles. We know that you've done some great things. And we know that you hear our prayers and God, I know that there's folks in here that are, that are burdened for their family members and their friends. Lord, I pray that you would just remind them, Lord, that you're in control and that you've got this. God, help us to look to you in all things. Lord, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Liz is going to play softly. God spoke to your heart. I encourage you to find a place at the altar.
Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Come back Wednesday night. The Lord willing, we'll, we'll be uh, continuing our study there in the book of Ruth. And uh, also want to give you just a couple of reminders here. The reading, uh, the Bible reading marathon is going on right now with Seedline. Uh, they're reading right now, currently, as we're, we're talking. Uh, this is uh, from September the 12th through the 16th. And uh, can, I believe they're reading around the clock uh, during this time. And if you would like to tune in and just show your support of that, uh, you can go to, I believe it's Seedline. Uh, com and, and click on the Bible reading marathon there and that can get you over to that uh, that site and uh, also I believe it's on Facebook as well and so I encourage you to do so and then September the 27th Dr. Uh, Steve Cook a missionary that we support will be with us uh, Sunday school Sunday morning and then Sunday evening and I haven't talked to him yet but I'm sure that he, he does a, a wonderful job on uh, uh, doing uh, Jewish customs and stuff like that, uh, also prophetic messages, so uh, um, uh, end-time messages, things such as that. I don't know what he has planned. I'm not going to tell him how to preach or what to preach, uh, but I know that it will be a blessing to you. I haven't heard him in a few years, so uh, make sure you come for that. And uh, know that you'll be blessed with that. And then October the 4th, is a, we'll have a business meeting in our PM service. And then October 11th through the 14th is our Seedline Conference. Now that Sunday night, we'll continue doing as we always do. That Sunday night and that Wednesday uh, night of that week, we'll be having our services there at Seedline. And it uh, should be good weather this year. It shouldn't be too hot, so we're praising the Lord for that. And then that Monday, so it would be the 12th, I believe it is, October the 12th, we'll be providing the meal for the speakers and for the uh, singers and all those, uh, the, the staff and stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll all get with... Uh, uh, Miss Kimberly and Miss Melinda and Miss uh, Pam, and uh, we'll get that uh, organized, I'm sure. And all right. All right, let's all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Thank you for being here tonight. Come back Wednesday night, see what the Lord has for us. And uh, my last brother Sean, sir, would you close us in a word of prayer, sir? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us to assemble this evening, Lord, and sit under the preaching of your word. Father, I thank you for our pastor and his diligent study of your word. Just ask, Lord, you